waiting for the midnight sky to burn. Red as the lips of the lover of the silver moon. Hello and welcome to Empower Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Dutine. And I'm your co-host, Phil Stepp. It's been a minute here since we've uh, recorded a podcast. Yeah, but, it's been uh, a couple weeks, right? Yeah. Three weeks, probably. We've both been pretty busy um, fishing, specifically. And a little bit more turkey hunting. And turkey hunting. Turkey. Yeah, we never really talked about how our seasons went. No. We could no. recap a little bit on that. So, I did first season Minnesota turkey hunting here in uh, about Moose Lake area. And I actually got my first turkey. It took a couple days. And uh, 45 yards away, I got a Super Jake. Nice. Which was awesome. He had a like a five-inch beard. That's perfect. And then he actually had a second beard that was like an inch and a half, which was kind of cool. He probably would have been a good... That's all right. Hey, tongue. you got to take what you can get. I'm not above shooting Jakes. I haven't shot a Jake in a while, but... I'm not above shooting them if I have to. Well, for me, it, since it was my first, I was like, ah, yeah, and it was going to be my last day, so I'm like, I have to, have to get one, and you know, I don't know. A Jake with a five-inch beard can look like a Tom unless it's fanned out. You right. really can't tell a whole lot of difference. Maybe some people out there can tell a difference. <clears throat> I mean, I have to really look at them close to tell if it's a Jake if they're not fanned out because of the, you know, if Tom will have a full fan versus a Jake will have kind of that, the top part's a little Yeah. And honestly, my turkey was very close. Like, it, you could tell it was a Jake, but it was like, eh, just a little off. Yeah. So at, at some angles, I was like, hey, it might be a Tom. But no, it, yeah. was, it was a Jake. But it's all right. That's good, though. I was pretty pumped. Absolutely. I'm, I'm pumped anytime I shoot a turkey. Right. I, uh, I ended up filming out in Nebraska, Minnesota. And I didn't fill my... Um, my regular season tag in Wisconsin, but I did fill a crop damage tag for a farmer, which is basically the same thing. I uh, just didn't, it wasn't during the season that I could hunt. It was, you know, before that, during the crop damage uh, period, uh, whenever that is. So uh, I had a really good turkey season too. Um, I went out late season uh, in Minnesota and Wisconsin. I, I went out with my father-in-law in Wisconsin. Uh, Minnesota, I had my bird down within an hour and a half. And same thing in Wisconsin. There weren't any hens around. It, it, we didn't hear a hen the entire morning, both mornings. We saw, uh, in Minnesota, I saw two birds. Both of them were toms. One came running right in. And in Wisconsin, we had a tom and four jakes come basically running in. And my father-in-law shot a jake. I don't know why I didn't shoot the tom. I told him to shoot the tom. But it was a group of, of five turkeys together. And... He ended up taking that one. So how far of a shot was it? Seventy yards. That's what I heard. That's yeah. awesome. It was a long shot, um, but with my three and a half inch mag, super mag, um, you know, with a super full choke and that uh, Winchester XR ammo, seventy yards is not an issue. Okay. I've, I've patterned it at seventy yards, and you get plenty of pellets in the kill zone uh, at seventy. So there's nothing unethical about it at all, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. No, I wasn't saying that. Yeah. I just think that's a pretty. Yeah. Pretty good shot. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. He's a dead eye. You yeah. know, and of course, he was bragging about it the entire time. Yeah. I, I could have hit him at 80. He's saying, <laughs> okay, yeah. First turkey. Last year, he missed at 20. Oh. So. Well, everyone's had a miss here and <laughs> yeah. there. I missed last year. but You shot a, a turkey with your bow this year, right? No, that... I didn't with my bow. Okay. No. I only did shotgun this year because I had a very limited amount of time. Mm. Um, which, looking back on it... Uh, there wasn't a turkey that I shot that I probably couldn't shot 
could have at least had a shot with my bow. Mm-hmm. Hitting it is another thing. Right. But uh, maybe next year I'll try using my recurve. Yeah. I don't really have much interest in using a compound. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe one of my recurves I'll use next year. That would be kind of fun. Then just kind of hide in the brush. I don't really like setting up a blind for turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. So I think hunting with a recurve behind maybe like a, a like a man-made brush blind kind of thing would be kind of fun. I just don't really like setting up a blind and carrying all that junk with me when I'm turkey hunting. I like right. to be able to move and, you know, do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, this year I started in a blind, me and Nick did, and then we just couldn't get him to come in. It was early in the season, so they weren't really responding, and I was the one doing all the calling. I'm decent, I think, because they did respond, like, towards the end, but I know I'm not, like, the best caller out there no, <laughs> either. No, nobody is. So, so yeah, I, I um, we had to kind of move. We had to try and find them, and so what ended up happening is that we we located them um, on a field that, that we had permission to hunt from a farmer, and then uh, we watched them. We put them to bed, basically. We watched them go into their roost, and then the next day wanted to see if we can get them after they came out yep. and um it took a while and it ended up kind of happening that way it wasn't right when they got down it was a little later on we listened to them you know gobbling for a long time but mm-hmm. didn't do any you know we just stayed put and we we weren't in a blind we were just kind of in some brush Perfect. and uh ended up uh did a little bit of calling and there was like three jakes i think and they it was just a, I did a tiny bit, so I didn't want to overdo it because they weren't really responsive, but they did get curious, and so they came over to our decoys. So that's kind Perfect. of how it, like, like I just kind of shut up after a while. Yeah, you know, there's really no telling what makes them come in, in my opinion. Uh, you, you know, a lot of times they'll throw decoys out, and they don't seem to respond to my calling, but just because they're not gobbling back mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're not paying attention. Right. Like, a lot of my birds this year came in silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one in Minnesota for sure came in silent. Uh, then the very last weekend of the season in Wisconsin, they were gobbling like crazy. So there's just, there, there's really no telling what they're going to do. And sometimes decoys can make them come in. Sometimes when they see the decoys, they hang up at 70 yards. Mm-hmm. Toms expect hens to come to them once they get a certain distance away. And so what I found is that when I have two or three hen decoys out and you have a group of toms or jakes, I've noticed that they'll hang up at about 80 yards outside of your decoys. Mm-hmm. They'll look, they'll gobble, they'll respond, but they'll sit there and just strut. And that's what happened in my father-in-law's case. We had the decoys out because we were in the middle of an alfalfa field with mm-hmm. a blind set up, and I didn't want just a blind set up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have something. He needed to hunt out of a blind. Uh, we were in the middle of open. There was no, no way around it. So I threw all those decoys, and sure enough, at 70 yards... They hung up and did, they did not come another step. And they were hung up for about half an hour. And finally they started to turn to walk away because they lost interest. And that's when that's when we got them. So there's really no telling what they're going to do, when right. they're going to do it. You know, Just kind of, I was just kind of doing what was working. You take know? the shot just when you can. Just take the shot when you can. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a blast. Don't I wish hesitate. I could, yeah, right? <laughs> I, and I, I kind of hesitated because I was like, oh, they looked I mean, I hadn't really seen them, you know, I hadn't seen a turkey in real life. that yeah. close. Yeah, I mean, it was 45 close. yards, and I mean, I had seen some the previous day, but I could tell between the hen and the, the jake, like, oh, yeah, that's the hen and that's the jake. But yeah. when you just see them by themselves, sometimes it's like, yeah. I mean, now I, now I can tell the difference, but 
it just kind of when it's a really small like when they're not puffed up when they're not like shredding it's hard know. to tell unless I, they have a beard I couldn't tell right away um, I almost shot a bearded hen in Nebraska because I thought it was a, a tom oh um, but then I, I got, she got pretty close and I, I saw that it was a hen mm-hmm. and I didn't shoot her I'm not against shooting bearded hens I think it's fine whatever right. There's not enough of them to make a difference, but I didn't personally want to. Right. Um, looking back at it, maybe I should have because they taste better, I'm sure. Really? But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's very hard to tell, and it's it's almost surreal each time you, I see a turkey. Like, you don't get that close to them often enough to mm-hmm. where you're used to it. Even mm-hmm. as many times as I've been turkey hunting, I've never been like, oh, just another turkey. <laughs> it's, co- it's cool each time you see it. Same with deer hunting. Every time I see a deer, I don't care if it's a fawn. Yeah. It's cool to get that close to the animal. Especially when it's like you've been waiting. I know. And you're silent and you're sitting still and you're like getting a little antsy. Yeah, finally you see one. See something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, that kind of is a little mini recap of our season. Yeah. And, uh, it was a good one. It was. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait till next year. I do want to shoot. I want to do archery next year for sure. You should also do Wisconsin next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to be able to move around a little bit. Right. So. Yeah. So you've been fishing quite a bit, too. Yeah. Um, I did the Governor's Fishing Opener, like I talked about in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that was down in Wilmer, Minnesota, um, Wilmer, Wilmer Lakes area. And that was a blast. It was not just the fishing part, but it was a huge event, basically, where, you know, we went on different excursions just to try and get to know the area and what was going on what's going on in Wilmer, basically. So the governor's fishing opener, if you're not familiar, is something that kind of is non-political event that helps to kick off the tourism season in Minnesota and then specifically outdoor tourism because that's a lot of what Minnesota has to offer. So it's our lakes, it's our, you know, it's our fishing and um, hiking and, you know, different outdoor activities. I went on an excursion to this nature preserve kind of place. It was and there was a lot of fun there. And then we went fishing. We had local guides that, they weren't necessarily guides. They were just people that had boats in the yeah. area that were like, hey, I volunteered Perfect. to, you know, help bring people out fishing in the area. So we had two great guys, a father, son, and they got us on some fish. We didn't actually go to Green Lake, which is the lake that the governor was fishing on. Mm-hmm. We went to, um, it's called Big Candio High. And we caught a whole bunch of walleyes. I think there was like, between the four of us, there was probably 12 keepers. Wow, that's And good. then we caught other fish that we threw back. Actually, one guy caught 28-inch walleye, which was always... That's fun to see oh, come yeah. out of the water. So that was that was a lot of fun. And did I see you throwing a spear at some point there? Like, not at walleyes, but like at a target or something? Or like a, a hatchet oh, yeah. throw or something? Yeah. Yeah, she was not spearing a walleye. No, no, no. Um, so at the... Like I said, we went on excursion. So at yeah. the the nature preserve, it was called um, Prairie Woods Learning Center, something it was like called that. Prairie Woods. Yeah, yeah, Prairie Woods in Wilmer, and um, there was some like spear throwing thing. I think it was called. I don't know. It's it's some type of like Neanderthal kind of Atlatl. Atlatl. If anybody knows how to pronounce it, A T L A T L or something like that. Yeah. 
Gosh. I always thought it was at live, but that's at li- probably not that's, what it is. Maybe I, I that's right. I don't know. I'd have to, they knew the name, and it was just one of those names. I've never yeah, heard of it. ATL, ATL, I believe. And a little. A so little. I was right. You were throwing a spear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did a little spear throwing. We did a little archery. We did a lot of climbing because there's, it's basically, you know, summer camps go there. They go and learn about nature. And, sure. You know, it's like 600 acres of, like, it's in a glacial ridge area, the Lumber Lakes area. So mm-hmm. there's, a lot of prairie, and then there's a lot of hardwood. So it's kind cool. of like split down the middle. Yeah, of that's the kind of where woods meets the prairie. All right, that exactly. So they have really good habitat for deer there yeah, as well. So yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, otherwise, recently I I did a little bow fishing. I I saw that. Yeah, that looked like fun. Yeah, I decided to set up my. Uh, my Mission Menace, it's um, a, the first bow that I ever bought, so some people might consider it a kid's bow, but, you know, I use it for like six years because it fit my frame, kind of a, a smaller framed person, I guess, and um, I took off all of the, like, the sight and everything, and I set it up for bow fishing. I bought a AMS um, Pro retriever kit or whatever from fleet farm perfect i just live for that fleet farm yeah. i guess <laughs> i was there before i came here getting a ph soil test right yeah. nice no you can get everything there <laughs> um we don't have a cabela's here if anyone's wondering we don't have a cabela's we have a gander outdoors now yeah but uh for a while we are pretty limited to just fleet farm and so fisherman's corner fisherman yeah there's a few local places you can go yeah. to yeah but i set set my bow up and um it took me a little while because i'd never like, ah, I don't know. I went bow fishing one time, like we kind of yeah. talked about. And so after the last episode when we talked to Caitlin, I was like, gosh, I got to do this. And so my dad called me one day. He's like, there's suckers in the river right by his house. So I decided I'm going to set it up and I'm going to go tomorrow by myself. And then I did because they were spawning. Yeah. There were so many opportunities, which I love archery and I love hunting. So it's just like combining those two things together that you get so many shots. You just reel it in and... Yeah, you were doing like a spot and stock kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I get out of that. And you can finish telling whatever you want yeah. to do about it. It looked like you got a bunch, right? Yeah, there were... Yeah. Okay, I got out of it someone that wants to get into bow fishing, doesn't even need a boat, doesn't know anybody that needs a boat. Uh-huh. All they need to know is where the sucker is fine. <laughs> and as long as it's um, past the the date where you can spear them in creeks because I believe in Minnesota it's past May 15th, I think is yeah. what it is. That might, don't quote me on that date, but somewhere around there you couldn't go shoot at suckers when the walleyes were in there. Oh, yeah. Like but as long as you, you're meeting that criteria, you know where they're at, it looks like probably one of the cheaper outdoor sports you can get into. Right. As long as you already have a bow, how much did that kit cost you? Uh, the kit was 130. Okay, so, so with tax, a... it was 140. But if you buy just the retriever yeah. itself, it's 99. dollars Then you need to make so some then... sort of a head for like a broadhead or something, right? No, I got it. Came with two arrows, so it oh, came it with did. the two nice. arrows. It came with a retriever, which is the little like if you look in my video, it's that blue thing that yeah. carry that keeps the string. Yeah. And then a uh, rest. Oh, the rest is what the rest comes true. with it, okay. and then um. Yeah, it's really just the retriever, the rest, and the arrows. That looks like fun. Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. Well, you get so many shots off. Like, yeah. It's, it's like not like deer hunting where you're waiting and waiting and waiting until you get a shot, maybe. Well, we're going to do... I'm going to do that next year. My dad got hooked. He stopped maybe. by the river. Yeah. And he, he's like, oh, I want to try. So he was using my bow. So he's, you know, 53 and... 
like a six foot one dude using my little menace bow, but it worked fine. Yeah, it looked just fine. It, shoot. Yeah, it, it he worked missed fine. A few times. Yeah, but you do miss. That's the yeah. thing. And I was shooting in such shallow water, so I turned the poundage down a lot. Like it was probably at 20, 20 pounds. So like a thirty a pound recurve might work. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. You could just set I can't that up. Wait. Well, and it's it's shallow water, so it's like you're not needing that much power, and you don't really want to wreck your arrows super. Much. No, and that's a really um, rocky river. Yeah, it's a rocky river. But I would imagine there's plenty of sandy creeks and stuff that where you could do that. Yeah, it is, wherever you can sucker spear, you could probably bow fish it. See, sucker spearing is not, uh, that's kind of a unique thing to around here. Yeah. Too. Uh, even, you know, when we were talking to Caitlin, yeah. she said something, and I don't quote me on what she said, but it was something along the lines, I guess you can bow fish for suckers too. I haven't tried that yet. I don't know. There might be states with a lot of suckers in them, but I don't mm. know if that's really a thing to do like it is here. If mm-hmm. anybody out there does it, let us know. But um, sucker spearing is basically grabbing a, a frog gig or a you know a northern spear, like for dark hall spearing, and walking up and down the creek and spearing the suckers when they're spawning. So mm-hmm. for everybody out there, that's kind of what that is. Yeah, and then you're just flinging them up on shore. and Yeah, and then you, you smoke them. Yeah, afterwards. you can smoke them. Some people put them in their gardens. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you can do with them. But speaking of bow fishing, my brother Jake's neighbor is a big-time bow fisherman. That's what I As heard. He my dad you? called okay. me because he okay. saw his boat yeah. the other day. Have you talked to him yet? No, I haven't talked to him yet, but I, I need to. All right, Nick, if, you, if you're listening, I'm not going to say your last name, but get a hold of, of uh, Ali here and take her out if, if, you, if you're listening <laughs> to this. In fact, I'll send you a Facebook message, too, and let you know. we got to get a video of it, too. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. I, uh, I would love to do some... St. Louis know, River. St. Louis River bow fishing. That's the only place that I could think of around I'm telling here. you, back in the day when I used to fish the river a lot, I would see huge carp. Like really? 30 pounders. I don't yeah. know if that's huge compared to I mean, they're, that's big. It was huge. They were huge. And they were all over the place. And I remember thinking, man, I wish I had like a, a 22 or a bow or something. <laughs> yeah. Get them out of the river. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. But, uh, so what do you got? No, you just got back from camping. Were you on Cabotogama? Or yeah, what? I was on Lake Cabotogama. It's a, it was our uh, Jutine family uh, camping trip, fishing trip that we do every year. It like it rained quite a bit. It rained the whole time, <laughs> but it was fun. Um, my biggest was a 20-inch walleye, which, hey, it was fun I'll to take reel that. that. Yeah, and then Nick caught a 23-inch. There was a, well, they say it was um, his cousin who's almost two or one and a half and it was his fish but it was a 21 inch fish wow. so when he saw that fish come out of the water and he kind of like was holding the pole a little bit yeah he was like wow like <laughs> just so excited and then like before that he didn't really you know he wasn't really into being on the boat and fishing because he's one and a half right you know right but then after that he's like wanting to go on the boat his brother tried to take the the rod away to you know reel it in and he started just <laughs> I can see like no <laughs> you know just kind of complaining about it but no yeah it, it was a good time That's we had some me. fish but it wasn't the best fishing I've ever had yeah what do you got coming up now any well you gonna try to get out on Lake Superior at all I'd like to go out back out on Lake Superior I don't have anything planned at the moment um I want to get up to uh our secret fishing hole eventually where is it? Well, what do you mean? Who's secret Our uh, family? Oh, Secret I fishing hole? <laughs> I have a few of them, so I didn't know which, you know, if you're talking about my specific ones or that one. I'm talking about I know that one. 
Yeah, we can't. Thou shall not be named right on the I'm show. I'm going up there soon. Are you? I'll tell you that. I don't okay. know when, um, but I am going there soon. Okay. I'd like to get there before everybody else. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> they're they're going to they're gonna start biting there really soon. Actually, it's probably really good right now. That's what I was thinking, because yeah. it's been warmer, but we don't need to talk about our, no, our, no. our secret no, Nobody cares hole. about that. Um, <laughs> but speaking of Lake Superior, um, we got to get out soon, and I've got a few different uh, boards that I want to test out. Okay, um, yes, let's talk planer yeah, boards. Like we talked about earlier, planer boards this time of the year is a great way to fish basically any... Uh, any of your popular game fish. Yeah, so, but first, what exactly is a planer board? Sure, we'll step back a little bit. Yeah, step it's back. actually really hard to explain. Yeah. Unless you know, unless you've used them before. Yeah. Um, so, anybody who hasn't done a lot of trolling, uh, the best way to explain it would be, you know, first of all, to explain trolling. Trolling is moving uh, with your line set out at a certain depth, basically, and moving the bait, bait along with the boat versus casting and reeling. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of you know casting or retrieving, you've got your boat, your your rods and and rod holders on the boat, and you're going at a certain mile per hour, one and a half to three and a half miles per hour, whatever right. it might be. And this is typically on Lake Superior on a bigger lake, or yeah, no trolling you can do anywhere. You can do right, it on a river. Right, but with the planer boards. With the planer boards, you do need a, a bigger body of water, but you can do it anywhere where you have enough room to troll for any amount of time. You have room to do it. So if you're on a skinny river where there's other boats coming by, you don't want to have planer boards. because. Mm-hmm. So here's why. This planer boards spread out your, your lines. Traditional trolling, you would have all your lines kind of going off the back of your boat. So if you had four lines on the boat, that's about as many as you can have without spreading them out because they'll get tangled. Mm-hmm. So what planer boards will do is they will basically outrig your lines so they're spread out basically 100, you know, it can be 100 feet to the right of the boat, 100 feet to the left of the boat, and you can have lines stacked all the way from one end to the other. On a regular size fishing boat, you can have eight lines and fish no problem on Lake Superior, on an inland lake, on a bigger river, um, and it also helps you make sure that those lines don't get tangled. So if a fish bites, that line's going to go over the other lines and stay out of the way of the other lures, and you'll be able to reel in the fish behind the back of the boat. That's the best way I can really explain it um, without going into a ton of details, but my the planer boards that I manufacture at Superior Trolling Equipment um, are, the, in my opinion, the best Lake Superior or Great Lakes planer boards that are on the market uh, for this type of planer board. Um, there's two different types. There are the mast style, where you have a mast and you have two lines going from the middle of the mast out to the planer boards, and then you rig your lines along those planer board lines. And there are also inline planer boards that would hook up just to your fishing line. Um, really hard to explain it over the radio. Mm-hmm. But if you have a chance, Google it. Look up uh, Superior Trolling Equipment or uh, Larvik planer boards. That's the design that I own. Um, they're great boards. You can fish salmon, lake trout, walleye, musky. They're great for muskies. So anybody that likes to troll muskies, um, St. Louis River, for example, you can go out on, on the St. Louis River with another guy, throw out my planter boards, and troll four lines with whatever kind of baits you want and have a huge spread. I'm going to get some grief probably from some hardcore musky fishermen who don't troll for them, but I don't really care. I, I think trolling for muskies is just fine, and it's a really great way uh, to spread out your lines and, and catch muskies. So that's planter boards in a nutshell. 
Um, <clears throat> I'm selling primarily on eBay right now and word of mouth just because my website I had to take down because of inventory issues. Mm. I was getting orders when I didn't have inventory and I was having to, um, basically it was taking time out of my day job to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so now we're getting our inventory back up. Hopefully, uh, this is a really busy time of the year, but hopefully by fall we'll have enough inventory where I can get that website back up and start taking orders through that way again. Mm -hmm. But right now, all of our boards are listed on eBay, um, superior trolling equipment on eBay. Okay, so. cool. Yeah, um, I guess it's funny that, you know, you, you just had to explain that I was on um, the, I was out with Parker with yeah. the Superior Pursuits on his boat early on this season and uh when there was still ice on the lake and, and so we had to go out of a, a different harbor but we had fox news which is a local news station with us doing a story on you know basically the first the kickoff to charter fishing basically sure. in duluth and i remember that the i think it was a meteor meteorologist asked me like well what is that thing out there and i'm like oh that's a planer board yeah. it's hard to explain but when you see it you, you can, you know, it's easier to really get the concept of it. Yeah, it's actually really, com it, well, it's not complicated, but it's really hard. I have had to explain it probably a hundred times, and I have trouble explaining it every time. Mm -hmm. Until you see it, it's, it's hard to explain it. Right. But So did they understand what how they worked after a while? I, I think so. I, I mean, it, the concept really is, you know, you're, it's to spread up the lines. It's... Uh, you know, so that you don't tangle them up, basically. And to it's, fish as many lines as you can. The the board itself floats on top of the water, right? Yeah. And uh, has... The it has a clip that the line clips to. Right. Uh, depending on the type of planer board. Right. So some planer boards, like I said, your fishing line will clip to it. Some, you'll have the um, regular braid line that would go back to the mast in the front of the boat. Right. So yeah. the ones you were working, um, were they individual? Or were they, were they just one on each side? There was, um, I don't know the right term for it, but that line on top, the okay. black line, and, and it was clipped use. on it. Yep. yep. So, so those releases are what you would use right. um, with with those with my type of planer boards. So you clip the fishing line to the release. The fish bites, it releases off the, the, the line that's connected to the planer board that spreads the lines out, and the fish goes to the back of the boat, and you reel it in in between all the lines from right to left. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's just, you know, I would definitely um, see if maybe um, in the blog post that we do for this, you could give me a couple pictures of your yeah. planer boards. I could explain it to you a little bit with a visual. visual. Uh, yeah. It's hard to explain without that. Yeah, we could get Parker to send us a picture of, yeah, or take yeah. one of his pictures. You know, the thing is, is people don't use planer boards enough. And they're really so simple to use and fun to use. Mm -hmm. um, if you're trolling any type of species of fish, a planer board can be used. Um, even just trolling for walleyes with crawler harnesses, you can use them. Mm -hmm. um, Northern pike, you know, anything like that. You, you know, you could use them. You could use them for crappie fishing. I know guys down south in Arkansas when I was down there used what's called like a spider rig, where you basically have a couple rod holders, and each rod holder had like 10 fishing poles in it that spread them out. So like almost like a spider, right? Hmm. Maybe it was eight fishing poles because eight legs. Kind right. of it. Yeah. But I was thinking, man, why don't these guys just use planter boards? They can spread their lines out way farther, you know, set the, set the uh, tension on the, on the releases a little bit, a little bit lighter. So lighter fish can pull them off and bam, yeah. hmm. done. So everybody out there, look up planter boards. This is the time of the year to use it. If you want to catch big fish, big muskie, big northern, big walleye, uh, lake trout and salmon 
that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Now, disclaimer, as the year goes on, the salmon and lake trout get deeper. Uh, you can still catch salmon on top, but lake trout are less common on the planer board. So then we got to switch to downriggers, and that's a whole other, which I don't make. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a, a different whole other conversation. All right. Well, cool. And that's superior... Superior trolling equipment. Trolling equipment. Yep. Like I said, my website isn't up right now just because of inventory issues, but... Uh, so yeah, that's basically planer boards in a nutshell. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah, what do you what do you got coming up? Okay, so we got summertime fishing on inland lakes. Uh, we got our fish camp that we need to go to, uh, which we'll be reporting on. Um, you've got archery to practice because oh, you got yep. you. I heard your elk hunt got bumped up a month. Yes. So okay. my elk. <laughs> so it's I don't know if you know it's June. Okay, I know you're leaving at the end of August. So. Have you been practicing or have you been fishing all day? I've been fishing more than I've been practicing, okay. to be honest. But I, I put in quite a bit of time over the winter. The whole winter I was shooting. So, okay. I, I, you know, I did the leagues um, yeah. at Chelstrom's locally here. And so that I feel pretty good about. But I did crank up my poundage in the last, you know, couple months. So I'm still adjusting to that, too. What are you shooting at now? I'm at 50 now. Perfect. So I was at about 45 pounds, 43 pounds when I was shooting leagues because it's you're shooting 60 arrows at a time. So I had it a little bit lower. 50 will blow right through it off. I'm I'm hoping so. I want it. My goal is to get more than that, but I'd have to buy new limbs for my bow, yeah. and I don't think that I I'll do that because I I know right now 50 is kind of like where I've been. I'm I'm getting comfortable at it. So yeah, I have my elk hunt coming up in the not long. Really, it's like the end of August, the last few days of August and early September. So it's like yeah. that first week in September. So that's the first season for Idaho, and um, or that's the week that we're going. So I'm pretty pumped yeah, for that. I and I, I'm physically needing to train more too, and and get like myself and you know a stronger. I always can get stronger. Always can you know get better cardio and. I got to do some hiking around in yeah. this because we have a lot of hiking trails. I can just put a pack on my back and yeah, put some weight. In yeah, it. put some weight in it and and just kind of go to town. But yeah, that's my journey. That's going to be going on this summer is that's training good. for that elk hunt and um, trying to do a little, you know, whitetail prep, yeah. food plots and things yeah. that we can talk about in some episodes yeah. coming up. Yeah, next episode coming up here, we should talk about food plots. Um, end of this week, I'll be spraying again for the second time over my food plots. The first time didn't do very well, um, so I'll need to spray again to kill off what's there. Uh, I'll try to post a video about what I do. I'm not an expert food plotter by any means, um, but uh, hopefully what I do works, and hopefully we should have some results yeah. this fall. But uh, we got a lot of stuff. Summer's always super busy around here. It'll be the end of August before we know it, and I'll be bear hunting. I got drawn from Minnesota bear, That's so we'll awesome. be talking about that. Um, waiting to find out if I get drawn for Wyoming antelope. I'm waiting to find out if I get drawn for uh, Wisconsin elk. Mm. You applied for I that. Did. That's yep. awesome. So we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, definitely a lot of this summer is going to just fly. I know because it already is. It's already June. I can't believe it's June. It's like between trying to have you know the fishing time and the you know family time and the. Fourth of July and just like boating, you know, like pontooning it, no. camping. You have your kids. Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. So we'll, we'll have a lot more stuff coming up for you guys here. Yeah, so we got a lot of content. So we will be um, 
having some great episodes. So, all right, thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. See you later, guys. <laughs>